Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome, everybody, to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I'm Dale Luganbill. Thank you very much for joining me. On today's episode, some of you will know this guest. Some of you probably do not. Uh, His name is Patrick Patches Olson. He has his own podcast called The Lone Angler. And him with Doug Glimmerveen, who you might know if you're a listener of this show from the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. The three of us, we get together, we collab, we talk, we just have a private like group chat message that we go back and forth. And uh, yeah, so we're all kind of tight-knit. And I've been on his show, and we've both been on Doug's show, and Doug's been on my show. But it came to my attention that apparently Patrick's never been on my show. So... We have remedied that, and so hopefully uh, there's a few of you that are unfamiliar with Patrick. He's a super cool dude, and uh, yeah, so you'll get to you'll get to meet Patrick Patches Olson on uh, on this episode. So kind of pretty cool. Um, again, for those that probably do know, uh, about a year ago, well, not quite a full year ago, we did a virtual ice fishing show when everything was shut down for COVID, and uh, he was one of the co-host it was me doug and patrick did that show which we are going to do again this year stay tuned for further details but it's going to be the last weekend in october so we got a shit ton of vendors all lined up just like last time so you're not going to want to miss it um it's going to be pretty badass and we're going to be doing it at thorn brothers so it's going to be uh it's going to be super cool. So more and more details will come out, will release, and I'll let you everybody know uh, when that's going to be so that you can tune in and join us because it was wildly successful last time, and I am um, looking very much looking forward to doing it again. But let's get into this particular episode. Um, we start off <laughs> like we usually do. I just hit record, and we start talking about music for some reason. So stick with it. <laughs> we, we we'll get into fishing and uh who patrick is and uh i think you're gonna like it he's a very interesting dude and uh i am happy to well, this sounds weird but expose him to you so here we go right here patrick patches olson on the full scale outdoors podcast <laughs> Oh, I love that sound. 
is a good one. What's happening, Mr. Patrick Olson? Um, nothing, man. I was just uh, reminiscing. I, I found a bunch of old music. Oh, dude, some of the jams that I used to listen to are just golden. I was listening to some really old music uh, recently too, but I bet it's not the same. No, I was just I was just jamming out to a, a song. Um, let me see if I can like classic Judas Priest or or what? Oh no 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 no! I, I left that stuff a long time ago. Uh, Monster Magnet, Space Lord. <clears throat> You're such it's a, a groovy tune, dude. It's like gro- lyrically. It's groovy. It is. It actually is. It's not, you know, the the classic, uh, you know, goblin screaming, you know. Oh, it's not that. No, it's not 320 beats a minute. None of that stuff. Oh. No. So, like, what what would be the, the genre you would put it in? If you were to take Godsmack and just layer a big old thick swat of blues on it. Oh, that actually sounds kind of cool. It is. It's an old tune, man. I, um, I'm guessing mm, early '90s, late '80s, early '90s. Hmm. Never heard yeah. of it. Now it's kind of a one-hit wonder type thing. Well, not even a hit, but just a one cool song. Bought yeah. the album, and I was like, "That's the only cool song on there." Would they have played and, it on the Edge? Uh, what is the Edge? I don't remember. Like '93 X, back when it wasn't when it was the Edge. Probably way yeah. back in the '90s, I believe. Probably, yeah. more than likely. I don't yeah. know what else, I don't know what other station they would have possibly played it on. Yeah, no. Um, the only station that plays the stuff that I currently listen to is Liquid Metal, and thank God, it's back. Sure. They went on a two-week hiatus, <laughs> where it was nothing. It was like mandatory Metallica Mondays on repeat for two fucking weeks Ugh. of that shit ass band oh so it was something like that station was changing over one of those deals no i think they just needed to like uh power down and like do a bunch of retooling or something oh, like that and so, so they, they just had on yeah. automatic just like here listen yeah. to this <laughs> well and they used to have like this mandatory mondays where all day monday they would play metallica yay why do you and, hate on metallica Ah, uh, dude, I just, uh, I'm, I'm just. Too many people like it. No, it's not that at all. It's the quality <laughs> of their music, which is usually the case with extreme music. The longer the band is around, you know, the more it starts to drift away from what first attracted me to them. Gotcha. You know, like Slipknot is kind of, sort of on that edge of like, you know what? I don't think I'll get their next album unless it's like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant, you know? And, and I have an issue. I just had, that's just the way my brain works, you know? And I, I, at the same time, I don't want them to keep making the same stuff over. So I'm kind of in this conundrum, you it's know, like you start and, fishing for bullheads, you figure out you like bullheads. So you dabble into this and that the next thing you're fishing walleyes, and you're like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm going back to bullheads. This walleye fishing is a joke. No, like no, that. No. You mean? no, 
Like, <clears throat> I think it's exactly like that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Like, I don't like loathe Metallica. I like, I, w- I was, I listened to a lot of their stuff up until, you know, after that, the Black Album. And, and then I kind of was like, you know what? The Black Album, after this, you know, the first couple of times, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then, you know, started really getting into it and, and really listening to it even more. And it became, oh, it's kind of like a standard rock and roll type stuff where if you compare it to Injustice for All, it was a little more intense and master puppets and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it just it started to drift away from my my what what drew to me at first time. There was you know a guy there was a guy in school, huge Metallica fan. I mean, like black pants, boots, and a Metallica shirt every day. That was, you know, long hair, headbanger. Yeah. That that was that was his jam, right? Mm-hmm. He lost his shit. His world crumbled. He was a lost soul when Metallica cut their hair in the early 90s. He didn't <laughs> know what. I swear to God. Like, he he was beside himself. He stopped wearing the shirts. Like, the, there were sellouts. Like, he was so mad that somebody had the audacity to not have the same style their entire life how dare they (laughs) that's a little that's a little extreme and and that whole like phrase of oh they sold out um that never really sat well with me i I don't think bands really sell out except for kiss um they they were designed to be a sellout band though they were they were they were they were a marketing band right out of the gate i don't think that was ever in question yeah, and that, that's another one of the really popular bands from like in my age group that I never, I never latched onto. I Dude. just never liked their music. Well, I, I grew I, up pretty conservative, Christian family, so I didn't listen yeah. to Kiss growing up. I just remember seeing all the posters, you know, and the dragon boots and the tongue sticking out and the fire and you know all this stuff. And I just thought, basically, in my mind, I conjured up what would probably be. You know, Norwegian death metal. I thought maybe that was the sound that I could only imagine just something so offensive to the ears that this satanic band is is pumping out. And then I hear it, and I'm like, "Wait, this this is Kiss." <laughs> it's like a, what, a different wait, wait what really a different tone of Chuck Berry. It was crazy. I was like, "I want to rock and roll all night and party every day." Like this isn't this the devil yeah. listens to this. Really? Yeah, kids. You know, kids was uh, kids and Satan services or something. <laughs> I don't like know. It was so dumb. And and uh, or ACDC uh, Antichrist Devil Child. That was another stupid one. Yeah, After Christ Devil Comes. Oh, um, God. Wasp. Uh, we are sexual perverts. We are Satan's people or something like that. There's a couple of those. Wow. I don't know. Did you ever listen to any Wasp? Uh, can't say that I did. I, I was I definitely was not a was not a rocker growing up. Um, okay. So I was the youngest of four. So I kind of was influenced by the music that my family listened to, and which is a wide range, mind you. You know, my dad's like classic country. My mom likes to listen to gospel. My brothers listened to whatever was pop at the time. You know, like Journey, Ario, Speedwagon, Loverboy, stuff like that. He was six years older than I was, and then, you know, and I'm kind of talking about late, 
70s into the early 90s where I kind of started, you know, paying attention to this sort of thing. And so my oldest sister was into, like, you know, the British invasion stuff. And then my other my other sister, so older than me but younger than, you know, the youngest of my two sisters, she was more into, like, um, the popular country at the time. So mainstream country, not the classic. So I had kind of, like, everything covered all bases okay. but no no real no real rock no real hard okay. rock classic rock but i wouldn't say any hard rock so. yeah um yeah I, around me in my childhood was either polka um, yeah that's some that's i'm just some wild shit I, i'm like the um, black sheep in minnesota i did and polka i'm good for about three songs tops and I start getting if you're real hammered drunk, irritated. dude. If you're hammered drunk, <laughs> then it's real good shit. irritated. Um, <sighs> but then my dad, you know, growing up, I mean, it was outlaw country. They call it outlaw country then. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, well, my dad like my dad like polka too. I mean, it was like I would every now and again get tortured with that. Scandinavian acoustic speed <sighs> metal. I think I'd rather <laughs> listen to Norwegian death metal than polka, to be honest. Oh, dude, I. I I follow Norwegian death metal just because of the uh, the theatrics and the I'm gonna be more evil than you. I just think it's funny. Like the two things. Oh, it's hilarious. The, the two things for me just don't sound like they go together. Like I, I, stereotype. I'm stereotyping 100. Mm-hmm. percent But I think Norwegian, these Nordic countries, like oh they're they're friendly and peaceful and mild and then you're gonna throw death metal in the mix like it just sounds fake it sounded like a parody the first time i heard it it sounded fake like side lake like i don't believe that's a real place i still don't believe it's a real place (laughs) i know it's it's real but like and and that's (laughs) that's what makes norwegian black metal so like what you know that that whole persona you laid out about the scandinavian folk being very friendly and outgoing in the it, you know, painted in our heads is is the sound of music. You know, even though that was supposed to be Switzerland or this, you know, in that area, but close enough, whatever. Yeah. You know, the the rolling hills and the fjords and all this kind of shit. That they're burning down churches. You know, there there was a band <laughs> uh, that actually, yeah, that that was actually like for real occult worshiping dudes and yeah i think one of them's in prison uh one of them killed himself um or he was murdered he was murdered and then the other guy killed himself something like that um the remaining band members have pieces of his skull in necklaces what the hell yeah man they just did a documentary uh macaulay culkin's little brother was was the main actor in it it's it's based off the story of bam mayhem yeah that's, and it's uh, crazy. pretty 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 intense stuff that that's some real stuff but then you got you know some of this other shit you're just like all right i get it you're like oh my cousin's friend has a band and he think they're evil boy just grab the spray paint and let's do this right <laughs> Yeah, some of that shit. I don't really, I don't listen to any of that. I just follow the genre, and I like reading the stories. But I don't know. Oh. Well, you know, this isn't an episode of Unhooked, right? Right. 
Okay. Just we haven't talked about fishing or anything at all. For are you recording? Again? Of course, I'm recording. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I always just roll into these things. I, I kind of assume that I should have so, said that. Now you, you now said, you gotta edit. You I'm not editing shit. You said something um, like when we were setting this up because Doug was going to join us, Glimmervine from SmackDown Outdoors podcast, but he something came up. Um, so it's just you, but you. This is your really your first time on the Full Scale Outdoors podcast? I believe so, yes. Really? How is that even possible? I don't know. I just get lost in the shuffle. I I'm probably like, ah, you know, he's, he's listening to like Norwegian black metal. Like, <laughs> we'll just leave him alone. He's freaking it's, weird. It's like for as often as we talk, I, I find this like quite, quite astonishing. So um, well, you know, I and, apologize. And for no, one, it could be this. It could be this. I am. I consider you a really good friend, and I'm a super fan. <laughs> where over there, coming this way, could be yeah, he's a buddy. Maybe like it's just I don't know. It's bizarre <laughs> it's to me. Maybe no. I mean, it's I, I'm trying to think of the dynamic. Like this is weird. Like obviously you're a friend and and a buddy, and I'm having a buddy on my show, but. You are also your own personality within the outdoor industry. I know you kind of hate that term, but it is what no, it is. Um, there's no other way to really describe it. I mean, outdoor entertainment. I don't. I don't. I don't know what else to describe it. But so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do my best to proceed as if I didn't know you as well as I do, because then there's gonna be. I'm, I must have listeners that are unfamiliar with you. Correct. So okay. yep. for I'm, as long I'm... as I've known you and for as much as we talk and I've been on your show and we've been on Doug's show and we have a lot of insight, you know, I, there's a ton of stuff that I know that a lot of people don't know. So this is a way that we can introduce hopefully some new followers, listeners to, to your show, which by the way is called The Lone Angler. For those that are wondering what the hell we're talking about 15 minutes sure. into this podcast. <laughs> They're like, did I, am I listening to the right podcast? Is this a music podcast? What, what What's going on here? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't realize you'd hit record and I thought we were just going to do our, our little friendly argument and banter about nonsense and stuff. So I do apologize for that. Um, speaking of the lone angler, not to plug my own stuff, but. Oh, that's why birthday. we're here. The podcast birthday is in like two days. Really? Three what, years old. What, four? Three. Three. Okay. I honestly don't even. I don't know what my birthday is. I could probably. Is go to where you? Let's see. Let me go into your my... podcast host and look for the first episode. But... Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm, gonna, I'm just having to be sitting in front of my computer right now. I'm gonna look it up. I'm just gonna go to the very first episode one. I don't know that I have episode one I listed just, in here. I'll be wrapping up my third season and starting the fourth. See, I don't have, So, yeah, technically oh, then I would be four years old. I don't have it in here. I don't have it in here. Hmm. Um, I would say you're at least four. So episode nine was March 5th of 2019. Oh, yeah. I think I'm just coming up on three years. Okay. I don't know when. I I can't remember when my first one was. 
I don't remember. I have to like go actually into the show and pull it up. Just go back to episode one and see what it says for a date. But whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah, let's let's move forward. Yeah, moving we? on. Super, <laughs> super engaging content right now. So what I I did with you a little bit today while I was working is I I went searching for and found a podcast that you used to do called The Broken yeah. Line. Mm-hmm. Well, on Apple Podcast, there's only one episode. Mm-hmm. And it was a later episode, and your co-host was not part of it. So you just did it with some musky dude. And Kevin actually, Cochran? Yeah, it was good. I liked it. I don't think I've finished it yet, yeah. actually. That was an interesting one because he brought his new puppy. Yes into the studio and that thing was chewing on the uh, sound dampening pads and then it had to pee and then it had to chew on more stuff and then it made a, a run at the XLR cables and got done and Kevin's like man you're pretty stressed out there dude I'm like yep I will talk to you and later. so when when was the broken line era Oh my gosh, dude. Broken Line era, I would have to say, would be 2017 to 2018. Okay. Something like that. We only did like 40, I want to say 40 some episodes. That's a fair amount of episodes though. I mean, that's not like, we did it five times. Yeah, no. And who knows if... If uh, my co-creator slash co-host would have, you know, stuck around here and not moved and and uh, pursued other things, we might still be doing it. I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, that was my my first foray into podcasting, which, um, I guess you could say I I, I actually I came up with that name, and it was kind of my idea. I was sitting with Aaron. At a, at a little bar out in the woods and I'd been wanting to do a podcast or whatever for many years. Cause I was a big fan of listening to him. I'm like, man, I really want to do this. And I kept chirping at him at the bar. And next thing you know, he said, what are you doing next Wednesday? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I just ordered stuff to do a podcast. I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause I didn't know what you really needed. I didn't, I didn't know anything about audio interfaces and editing audio tracks, none of that stuff. And uh, so, yeah, that following Wednesday went up to his place and we set up a little card table in this little like room in his garage and recorded like three episodes. Did you have a format or were you just kind of like, like how we nope. do it, where you just turn the mics on and go. It was kind of like that, yeah. Yep. And then we started, as we we progressed, we started kind of like trying to find some sort of structure and format, which I still kind of sort of do. And, uh, and yeah, it just, uh, yeah, but it was more, more of what you said. It was kind of a all right, let's just lock in and go until we had a guest. Then we would kind of sit down and, and uh, go, you know, create questions for the guest and all that kind of stuff and, and whatnot. And I do remember with the one common thing that we had was we had these three things and you had to choose which one. And then if you chose the wrong one, I would give you a bunch of shit for it. 
<laughs> and one of them was Star Trek or Star Wars. I only had like two people say Star Trek, and I was just like, that's gross. We're, this podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of, I don't remember what the other two were, but it was, it was kind of fun. It was kind of neat. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What, what, what made you want to get into podcasting? Uh, like I said, I was just a, I was, I've been a long time listener of podcasts ever since they kind of, that term ever came about. And it was actually um, a guy I was working for. He's actually a relative of mine. Um, he's like, do you listen to podcasts? I was like, no, what are these things? And he told me about it. And he said, you should listen to this one. It's called the morning stream. And that's the one that I have continued to listen to ever since like 2009. Wow. Something like that. 2009, 2010. Yeah. And I still listen to that one every day. I got into into Rogan pretty early. Um, Because I remember I was kind of following along with him when he was, when uh, he was doing, he had a TV show, not Fear Factor. I mean, he had that too, but I wasn't watching Fear Factor for newsroom rogan no well i remember seeing him in newsroom that's probably where i first knew who he was but even then i wouldn't say i was a fan or anything i just knew he existed at that point it's a funny show um Mm -hmm. oh joe rogan questions everything that's where that's where i really kind of i was like "Ooh, that's up my alley because that's always kind of coming into that era in my life i mean i always have been a very curious individual but like when that came about was like perfect timing for me and my brain because I was kind of like questioning everything at that moment in my life and so I was like that's gonna be really cool and so I started looking into that um yeah I don't ever thought that you know Joe Rogan was like just uh he was a an actor a comedian and a monster pothead that's what I knew of Joe Rogan back in the day because he was always on like you'd see him on the cover of those pot magazines and yeah shinders you know like yeah. <laughs> when shinders was a thing but so i wasn't really a fan of it and then that show went away and then all of a sudden i hear this joe rogan experience i'm like what the hell is this and i, I didn't know what a podcast was then i started listening to that and i was pretty much hooked out of the gate i i don't think i was a part of episode one but i think i got in somewhere under a hundred. Oh wow yeah, I've wow. been listening that this whole time, 10 years or 12 years or whatever craziness it's been. It's just wild. Yeah. yeah, I listened to him for a couple of years, and then I don't know. Like the whole like change to Spotify, and it wasn't because he went to Spotify or anything like that. But it was around that time that I was like, I, I noticed that I had started like not listening to episodes because I'm like, He's going to say the same 15 things. I'm a stupid monkey. You know, I'm too stupid for this. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. You, you don't or, listen to, you don't, the thing is you don't listen to his podcast. I'm speaking for myself. I don't listen to the podcast for him. I listen because he gets really kick-ass guests. Oh, he does. There's no doubt about that. It's just, it's kind of like when you find, you know, a rock in your shoe. Everything's going great until he says, I'm too stupid to understand that. You'll have to explain it to me. <laughs> well, that's just <laughs> self-deprecating humor, trying to, you know, have some humility. I'm okay with it. Um, I, for the most part, I, I agree with him a lot. He's kind of like me. I think he's a little more left of center than I am. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm definitely more right of center, but I think we're both 
straddling that center line politically. And uh, so I agree with a lot of stuff he says, but there are some things where I'm just like, shut up, Joe. You're not, you're shut up. You don't know what you're talking about right now. And a lot of times it's when it comes to fishing. <laughs> now he knows some, that used to be hunting, but now he's, now he knows about hunting. And so he has, you know, he has a pretty good understanding of at least the big game hunting that he does deer and elk and stuff like right. that. When it comes to maybe waterfall, he's still, you know, he'll still say some stupid shit, but, um, oh, is he, is he into waterfall? Hunting no, or? no, he doesn't, oh. but you know, oh. he'll, he'll, it'll come up. Somebody will bring it up a guest or something and then he'll make some statement. Um, that's one of the things like either that or fishing. I'm just like, shut up, Joe. <laughs> just yeah. stay in your lane, buddy. <laughs> you're, you're way outside right. of it right now. Uh, but for the yeah. most part, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I just got kind of like tired. Like, yeah, I know you have elk in your freezer and it's the best meat in the world. Let's move on. I want to hear what and, Neil De, uh, deGrasse Tyson had, Tyson Grassy, whatever you say how his name is. Neil deGrasse I Tyson. His, I think it's, yeah. he's another one though that, and I used to really enjoy when he would be on his show. Now I don't enjoy it so much because he Neil has become a populist. Um, I don't think that's the right term, but he, he now I just hear him parroting, you know, the mainstream talking points. And it's like, oh, uh, gross! They got to you. That sucks. Oh, uh, I got you. Yeah. You know, it's like, ugh, gross. But right. anyways. We're not talk. We're not here to talk about Joe Rogan's podcast. Joe, people, no. people are well versed in his podcast. Who am I to criticize Joe Rogan? He does, yeah, know? yeah. I don't think he's doing it right. What has he ever done? Yeah, me and my hundred forty three <laughs> episodes. Watch out, Joe. <laughs> I'm coming for you, buddy. I'm gonna get my big Spotify check. Yeah, Fifty cents. <laughs> Wait, I have post. to pay you to be on your platform. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, it's it's whatever. But yes. anyways, how did we get on that subject? Good god. Uh we started with the broken line and, and how I got started. Oh, and, how, oh gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so what happened what happened to the broken line? Uh Aaron uh decided to get out of Bemidji. Um he he's originally from the Lake Wisconsin Dells area. Okay. And he had an opportunity to purchase a campground over there and that's what you know aaron was raised and that's what his parents that's what his parents um that's they do for a living they owned cold's resort here in bemidji on big turtle lake okay you know it's pretty premier resort and they also wanted to get back to the wisconsin dells area and stuff so him and his dad partnered up and they bought this this campground and it's called fox hill campground and they moved over there and at first we were going to Oh, you know, we'll just do this, you know, uh, over, over the phone and that kind of stuff. And I kind of knew right off the bat, like, no, dude, you're, you're buying, you're buying a freaking campground in Wisconsin Dells. You ain't going to have time right? In, to do that. So I just, you know, I, I just let it go. You know, I recorded that episode with Kevin and then it was just kind of done. And, and, uh, was that the last, the one I listened to, was that the last one? That was the last one. Wow. Yep. And, um, yeah, at the time, I think when we started it, there was maybe three or four that we knew of podcasts, uh, fishing or outdoors podcasts in Minnesota that we knew of. 
it's kind of crazy. Like, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be crazy because, I mean, obviously the outdoors is, you know, kind of the the heartbeat of the state, really, if you think about it. But it, it is kind of amazing how many podcasts have started in this state. Well, yeah, and it's kind of – I just heard this in a commentary on – I was watching some – youtube thing or something like that and they were joking around like no don't start another podcast there's already too many um it's kind of (laughs) it's kind of like youtube now it's like oh i've got a gopro so i'm gonna start a youtube channel right oh i have free time every every night so i think i want to start a podcast and i see those and i'm not discouraging anybody from doing it but uh, i just saw a post here on like one of the bemidji local pages Hey, I want to start a podcast exclamation point. Can somebody help me out? And was like, okay. Yeah. I didn't chirp into on it. Not that I don't want them to, but um, at the time when we started the broken lion, there wasn't a whole much, you know, there wasn't much out there. So it was like pretty easy to do. And now it's kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. You have some free time. Well, what do you want to do? I want to start a podcast. What do you want to do with them? hunting and fishing what about it it's just like starting a youtube channel i want to start a youtube channel on bass fishing cool there's literally 1.3 million of those channels right you got to figure out a way to get views dude well it, it's it comes down to what i was going to say when you first started talking about that there's so many it's like i would never discourage somebody from you no. want to start one that's great perfect and they're like oh it's just like youtube so what so what if mm-hmm. somebody wants to start a, a youtube channel right now and it the it's swamped with bass fishing who cares let them do it it kind of comes down to just realistic expectations but you also need to know that particular person's motivation maybe they want to start a podcast just because they want to try it out if they just want to do it maybe they're not intending it to make money or be popular or whatever they just it sounds like a fun thing to do it's going to be a hobby and and they want to do it it's like well go ahead same thing for youtube it's like i just like making videos put them out there i don't care if 12 people watch it or 12.1 million you mm-hmm. know it's like well then do that then yeah i i i 100 agree it just and i get this at work too the way i present sometimes it comes off really negative and i'm not negative at all um i just kind of like hard and straight like um, for the most part, though, a lot of people, they want to start something they don't want, like, disappointment. Well, and I'm just telling them, like, you know, hey, dude, um, you know, if you, you know, just you got to, you know, if you want to do this is kind of, you know, expect to to grow, I mean, or not to grow. I mean, um, and, and you can't really you can't really get from one one sentence post on a Facebook group, you know, what their true intentions are other than starting a podcast. Right. Well, and that's why the second part of my spiel to them would be like, and if you do want it to be popular, then what what you should do, I almost said need, but it's not a need because, I mean, it's not like I'm insanely popular either. So not like I'm the, the, the be all end all of podcasting advice, but you're going to need to be different. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe you already are. Maybe you're just a very charismatic individual. You're a great storyteller. Maybe people are already drawn to you. You know, I mean, maybe you just being you is going to be enough. It's very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there's a greater chance you're going to be special just like everybody else. Right. <laughs> so you're going to have to find a way to kind of separate yourself from the crowd. And that, but then again, I'll temper that though. With that said, don't let that stop you from starting. You know, just because you record something yeah. doesn't mean you have to put it out on the internet. But if you want to put it out on the internet, so what? Your first few episodes, nobody knows you. They're, nobody's going to really listen to it. It's a right. good way to get it out there, break the ice, just do it. Go ahead and put it out to the universe mm-hmm. and don't worry about it. Because I don't think, even if somebody stumbles upon my podcast, you know, this week, they've never listened to it before. They're a brand new listener to the podcast. They're like, hey, I really like this. Chances are they're not going all the way back to episode one. I, at least I hope yeah. they don't, because I would like right. them to remain listeners. But, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, the only way you get good at anything is by doing it a lot and consistently. Mm-hmm. And so you can't let the fact that you might not be very good at this right out of the gate stop you from starting at all. Like, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that should be the first. If somebody comes to me wanting to, to start one, you know, that's a, that's a great first question to ask. Like, what do you want to get out of this? What right. Are your, you know, are you just wanting to put, put things out there or do, are you like, dude, I, in two years, I want this to be my full-time job. Cause then we're going to probably have a different conversation. Well, and my, and, and it can change. You don't have to be married to that, that whatever your motivation or your drive is at the time. Right. To be honest, when I started this, I really, I really did just start it because I wanted to do it. And I'm like, if nobody ever listens, I'm still going to do it because I have a background in radio and I, and I really like it. I love doing it. I love meeting new people and talking to them and, and getting to know what makes them tick. And then, you know, I was starting guiding at the same time. And I was like, well, it'd be good built in advertising for the guide service. Well, just mm-hmm. kind of, as it turned out, the podcast is the thing that kind of grew legs. The guiding right. is is still over there crawling in the tall weeds trying to make it out. <laughs> but, uh, but as that happens, I found myself questioning is like, well, maybe this is something I actually want to pursue as a career. Now I have a long ways to go before I can actually start making, you know, paying bills from this, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe that's something, you know, I need to start looking at different ways of monetizing it. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe I do make this a career. And I think the other thing you need to tell somebody if they want to make money at it is like, listen, this is not, you are not going to be an overnight success unless somehow you stumble on being a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast and you pick up a million followers overnight. That's not going to happen. Like, right. Well, and, and if that were to happen, now the pressure's really on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's one thing to get a million followers overnight, and it's another thing to lose them a week later. Exactly, because you're going to have a million followers, you have five episodes out. You know, someone, right. they they are going to kind of binge listen if they if they find you and they really like you, and, you know, they're, because I've done that. I've, on his show, I'm like, oh, I really like this guy, and I, I find their podcast, and then I, you know, I'll listen to five of them, bing, bang, boom. You know, do I listen to their entire catalog? Not usually, but mm-hmm. I, I will I will binge watch or binge listen to some episodes. So you, you need to be prepared, but it, what my point is like, that's, that's like, that's a fairy tale that that's just not going to happen. It's just, it's just not going to happen. 
what this podcasting thing is is a war of attrition. Like you're just gonna have to keep putting out stuff, be consistent, and just keep doing it. And over time, you know, you're you just it's math. You know, you're gonna keep picking up people. The more people listen to you, the more loyal they get. They tell their friends, their friends tell their friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And you wanna get to that point where your numbers kinda start multiplying, you know. Right. And that just takes a long time. I mean, I'm not really there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm not. And so. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at, uh, at my back catalog of <clears throat> The Lone Angler, I mean, you'll see, you know, I, I tried to do every day. I tried, you know, short ones every day. I've tried guests every time. I've tried long solo. Um, I've cut back to, you know, one a week. I've disappeared for a little bit and then came back. Um, it's kind of all over the place, you know, and that's just a, that's just me trying to find a, a path or a rhythm where I can get that consistency. Right. You know? Um, well, it's definitely easier to be consistent. Um, the less often you do it, <laughs> like part of me is like, and I'm doing three episodes a week or trying to do three episodes a week. And it's like, this is ridiculous. Should I be doing one? <laughs> like one a month. <laughs> it's like, right. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah. And you know, there again, that's, that's why, like I was talking about like YouTube or podcasting. I, I really don't have time to do both. Right. You know, um, th- that's another thing I always tell people, you know, Hey, make sure you have the time, you yeah, know, dude, that was part um, of my original plan was to make videos. And I haven't, I, I haven't like, I, like I said, it just takes time. Mm-hmm. Not only just yeah. to film, but they got to go back and you got to edit everything. It's like holy shit! And when I I have hardly ever edited anything, I've got a couple videos that I've done, but it's like I don't know really what I'm doing. I'm stumble fucking around my video editor, so it's taking yeah. me ten times as long as it would anybody that knows what they're doing. It's like I well, got time the, for this. There you go. Like I just discovered that um, after taking like a six or seven month hiatus from YouTube. I go and I record, I record footage of, of flow tube fishing, catching monster bluegills. Come back, the audio shot because I, you know, shot the intro here at the table and used a microphone, forgot to change the setting on that. So now I'm like, what do I do? You know, <laughs> yeah. and then I open up the video editor, which I haven't opened in six months. I'm like, all right, how do I do jump cuts? Uh, what do I do here? <laughs> you know, I drop all the audio and I'm, I'm going to try it this weekend, but I might just, take that footage and I've dropped a lot of the audio. I still got to upload or drop some more and stuff. And I might do my first voiceover. I think that's what I would like to do. The other, one of the other things I'd like to do is I would like to just like collaborate with somebody that is pretty good at editing. I think Mm -hmm. I would learn, I think I would pick up on it pretty quick, but it's just that like stumbling around the interface. Like, what does this do? What does that symbol mean? What is, you know, if somebody could just like, give me a crash course. I think that would be like insanely helpful. Yeah. But I've well, often it's... thought about doing the voiceover. Like if I do make them, I think the voiceover way for me is going to kind of be the way to go because when I'm fishing, well, and obviously when I'm hunting, there's not generally a lot of talking, but when I'm fishing, I don't really talk a lot for, that might be kind of surprising to a lot of people to hear, but when I'm fishing, I'm fishing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I set up the GoPro and a YOLO stick this spring, and I kind of, it was kind of, you know, 
once I knew it was recording, I did a little bit better of talking to the camera and whatnot. But it was like two months before I finally pulled that card. And was like, I should probably edit this stuff together. <laughs> so I felt I felt your pain when you're like, oh, and the audio was messed up and this and the other thing. So when I pulled the card and I put it in and I go to look at all the files, somehow that GoPro got put on like um, uh, time lapse. It was just a bunch <laughs> of – it was just a, a shit ton, a shit ton of stills. 65,000 still photos. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, this is great. I can't use fucking any of this. <laughs> yeah, you could just use one of those and then just do like a 12-minute voiceover. <laughs> so stupid. And here, I'm getting ready to cast, and I could uh, just cast. I caught a nice four-pound no, fish. No, in between these two pictures, I swear to God, I caught a really nice bass. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and it's funny because, you know, um, I've come across some podcasts from, like, YouTubers that are really good on YouTube, and they've started a podcast, and it's just, nope, it's definitely not your quality that you put into, you know, your YouTube channel, because they're new, they're not familiar with it. They can whip out, an, you know, they can edit a, a 4K banger 15-minute video on their phone. They can edit that stuff up and get it uploaded, no problem. But, <clears throat> yeah, the audio, you know, doing an audio thing, it's a whole different game. Yeah. And there's another format I really liked. I, th I don't know if it was Saltwater Experience or Into the Blue or whatever the show was. It was a saltwater show. Mm -hmm. But I really liked it, and not, not to steal their idea, but I would steal their idea just because I really enjoyed that format is, you know, they go, they, they fish together that day, and they have footage of them fishing and catching and doing whatever. But then they kind of... Like the show kind of starts out, they break in in the middle, and then they end with like they're back at the at a restaurant and they're talking about the day they just had, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it's just kind of this interesting like it's just two people having a conversation, but then they narrate it with video of what right. they're like. Oh man, when we got into that school of yellowtail, that was just crazy. Cut to them casting and and catching yellowtail. Like, yeah. ah, I really like that. That is a really cool yeah. format. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't see a lot of it, you know. No, so no. I don't even know no. if they're doing it anymore, to be honest, but um, I really like that format. I wouldn't mind kind of yeah. reviving that. But that now you're now you're entering into, now you get you need somebody that's in it with you. You know, that's right. the other thing I've had a hard time finding. Like, when I first started this, I thought it would be great and I know you on Lone Angle, you've had a, a co-host at times on and off. It's hard to find somebody. And I would love to have a co-host. Honestly, I would. Oh, dude, I know. But it's I hard to find that somebody so that has similar dedication. That's 100% it. It's finding, like, I love Jake. Jake is awesome, dude. But he just couldn't, you know, oh, dude, I, I, I want to fish today. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and then yeah. like, well, let's let's go, let's do this Sunday mornings then, so you can go fishing or Sunday nights or something, and something would come up or whatever, and and I don't hate him for that. Hey, man, you're not used to that kind of deal. Um, I, I I'm with you, man. I, I would love to have somebody sitting here, and I think the my show would be that much that much more if I did have that consistent person here. Well, and I have so Nick Johnson. He's a uh, call instructor, goose call instructor, and a guide, and you know, uh, 
Snapchat influencer, whatever you want to call them. But and so we're in like the fifth episode fifties or whatever of our Waterfall Wednesday, which is a part of the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. So he's been pretty consistent, you know, sticking mm-hmm. with it. But even with that, it's like I have to like, hey, when can you podcast this week? Oh, I can only do it this time or this time or this time. And there's some weeks where you don't we don't get one out because he just it, our schedules just don't meld, you know. And it it sucks because I was like, I want that consistency, you know. And I would love to, like, pre-record a bunch of them, just have them in the can. But he doesn't want to do that. He likes them fresh and relevant to what's going on, which I totally understand, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm just – I'm happy to have somebody that's willing to do this with me. So I I don't want to, like, put my foot down. You know what I mean? Like, it's – it's working the way it's working. You know, right. Could it right, be better? Yeah. yeah, probably, but I'm happy to have what I have. So I'm not going right. to like make waves. Yeah. I was just going to say there's no sense in pushing it. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, I, I've done, I've done a few with crafty and, and after we did the last one with him, we were sitting in his living room. Uh, he, it was just a different phone. He was way more relaxed and chill. And each time I've had him on, he's been like that. And, and after we were done, we were talking and he's like, man, I wish I had the time. It's like I I do too because I think you and I can just all of our our history of just fishing with each other all the time and and hanging out and just goofing off and stuff it would be great. Yeah, you have good chemistry with Crafty. Yeah, and <laughs> dude, off mic, <laughs> it's 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 pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Should have you guys need to lavalier mic up, and that should be one of your unhooked episodes. I'm totally down for it. He's a little like um, my coworkers might listen to this. Like, <laughs> well, you yeah, so look him right in the eye and go, "That's life." <laughs> so what? But I res- I respect it, his oh, discretion. You know? Yeah. I no, mean, I he's got it. kind of an important job here in the county, so you know he does have to kind of watch watch some of the things he says and i get that where i can see i can say whatever i want just deal with being canceled right exactly my i still got a job to go to well that the one good thing about it not being my main career it's like you do get to say whatever you want because Mm -hmm. who's gonna cancel me you can't cancel me like you're gonna go to you're gonna go to apple podcast and you're gonna (laughs) try to apply some pressure to get me canceled they're gonna be like who Oh yeah, I guess he is on our platform. That's okay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, kinda like it's kind of like taking the, the the crown from the from the prom uh, from the prom king from uh, you know, and, and the crown is is held by the most unpopular kid in school. <laughs> exactly. You're just like, yeah, you can have it. Yeah, I'm tired of carrying yeah, it around. Yeah, here you go. This thing was getting heavy, anyways. Shit. Yeah. Uh, I got shit to do. Yeah. Worship Satan and play GI Joe. So wow, that's some. Hey, the two go hand in hand, man. Snake do, eyes. Do they? Oh, dude, I love snake eyes. Snake eyes is the shit. Yeah, he's the bales above of the team. Is he though? I don't know. I'm just making shit up. I man. think he's the good guy. Anyways, um, that's more for an unhooked episode. So yeah. when speaking of when, so when then you started the lone angler. When did you like walk us through that process? So you're, you're well, not podcasting, and then. Yeah, it was probably a good six months or so, and I started kind of missing it. I kind of missed uh, just doing a podcast. And the thing of it is, is Aaron did all of like the 
the settings for the audio recording and he did he did all the editing all that kind of stuff um and i was kind of kicking it around and and i was talking to jeremy from ice Soul power when we were talking on the phone and uh i think he asked me he's like so what's up man and i was like i don't know i was thinking about podcasting again do it he goes do it i'll be your first sponsor i'm like i don't even know if i want sponsors man he goes no i'll do it i'll help you out I was like, well, if we're going to do this, I'm going to, from past experience, I'm going to have whoever I want on here, say what I want about anything. He's like, I am totally cool with that. I really like the broken line. I miss having you on there and on the internet. So I'm I'm here. I'm going to help you out. That's pretty I cool. Like, I don't I think like, there's too many podcasts right. that get that start. No. And I was like, okay, so... You know, I just, I uh, actually called up Aaron. I was like, hey, man, I'm starting a new podcast. And he's like, well, why don't you just take the the broken line? Take the name. I was like, mm, I'm the kind of dude, like, that was like music. That was the past. Right. Great time. I need now. I want to move forward. Clean slate. I don't, you know, I want to, like, build my own thing and not just, piggyback off something even though i was co-creator creator of that just wanted a clean slate sure and i and i I called them just to say hey man can i borrow the audio interface and a couple of microphones had no idea i knew how to hook it up but i had no idea what to do or what to record on and i did not have a laptop at the time and uh good old-fashioned youtube i was able to record on my ipad using garage band and i could only record for 45 minutes oh wow and then it would, it would just time out that's how garage band was on that mobile device which makes sense you know sure not too many people are going to want to record to an ipad for two hours you know um so yeah i figured that out and then i played around with it before i launched anything i was like i got to come up with a name for this thing and the Lone Angler actually came from Paul Thorne. I was building Elliot rods, musky rods, and spinning rods, and bass rods, and stuff over at the shop. And I was telling him I wanted to start a podcast, this and that. And at first, I was just going to call it the Chomp Cast. There, I was going to tie it in with my YouTube channel, you know, Minnesota Chomp Podcast or whatever it was. Sure. And he's like, oh, that's pretty cool, this and that. And and we were talking about it and, you know, I, I think I, I think I was, we were talking about my fishing and what I like to fish for. And, uh, Paul's like, that's the name of your podcast. I'm like, what? He goes, you're kind of, you, you're the lone angler. Like you, you fish for bullheads. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I said, well, Crafty's gone bullhead fishing with me. And he's like, yeah, but like the majority of the time, if you want to go check some of this weird stuff, you're alone. So you're the lone angler. I was like, ooh, all right, that sounds kind of cool. I'll, I'll sit on it for a few days, and I like to do that kind of stuff. And and I was sitting at work, and it was break time, and I grabbed a Post-it note and just wrote Lone Angler on there and kind of said it a few times. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And, and I'm like, well, I kind of need a logo or something so that I can have it, you know, up on the, up on the uh, podcast apps and stuff and, I just, I don't know. It just came to me. I was like the classic red and white bobber. So I drew that on the post-it note 
and I'm like, all right, so what do we do? Just put lone angler on there, you know? And then, uh, I was back at the shop building rods and I was like, here's the deal. I've got this like classic red and white popper that we all started with when we were kids. And, uh, that's going to be my logo. And they're like lone angler, lone ranger. I was like, got it. Put the mask on there. And that's how that was born. It's a kick-ass logo. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was one of my finer post-it note sketches. I think. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And, and to that red and white, did I, t- I may have shared this with you at a, at a different time, but some people may not have heard it. Do you know why the old-fashioned bobbers are red and white? There's actually a very legitimate reason. Because, is it because red is the first color to disappear underwater? Nope. Okay, hit me. Red and white is the light Man symbols. Overboard. No, it's the light symbols for fishing on vessels. As a terms to maritime rules, light signals. So red over white, fishing at night is what you're, is your, the light symbols you'll see. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh-huh. As soon as you said maritime, I was thinking like, well, is it when people are scuba diving or there's a man overboard, isn't it a red and white flag as well? Yeah, there's well there's two different dive flags, but yeah, that it's the dive flag is red and white, but the, there's yeah. also a blue dive flag, which actually is like the official international one. But Oh, okay. And it doesn't okay, really no, matter. But, that's really that's really cool information, man. I never knew that. Well when I was taking my captain's course, that's how I remembered it. I was like, Oh, and I brought it up in class, you know, and I was like I just, the way I remember it is just like the old bobbers. And then the instructor's like, why do you think that bobber looks like that? And then the light goes off. You're like, dun. And, and, all the other, and all the other people in the class were like, shut the fuck up, Dale. Try to get through this thing. It's been eight hours. You want to talk about a red and white bobber? No, everybody was very thankful. Everybody was like, oh, that's a great way to remember it. Because yeah, there's all no, these different really cool. light symbol, you know, light sequences you got to memorize and learn and it's crazy so yeah yeah well then how about the orange and yellow riddle me that orange and yellow yeah there's orange and yellow classic bobbers they're yellow on top well yeah yeah well i mean it's just a variant i know yeah there's a variant that has nothing to do with anything it's just yeah i've seen blue and yellow or i was really hoping you'd have made some cool shit up man right on the spot (laughs) well no i got nothing I, I could have. I could have made something up. Be like, well, actually, that means they're shrimping because the shrimp turn orange when they're cooking. No, that'd be stupid. Right. Anyways, <laughs> that's a cool little tidbit you can share at uh, your next cocktail party. Right. Yeah, I, I go to those a lot. I love, <laughs> I love that useless trivia. Well, you can use it when you're uh, at work, you know? Somebody I will. I'll use it to, uh, brings it to up. win snack vending machine snacks. Perfect. That's where I like to gamble. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's how the Lone Angler began, and uh, been here ever since. Yeah, you've gone through a couple. Like I said, you've been through a couple iterations. I've been with mm-hmm. you pretty much from the beginning. I oh, think that's awesome, dude. I think I have. Maybe not quite from the beginning, because I met hey. you through Doug. Yeah, the old D. Yeah, and that, the first time I met you was at the uh, St. Paul Ice Fishing Show, actually. I think so, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I first met Doug, 
Aaron and I were walking by the Northland booth and he said, Hey, you're Aaron and Patrick from the broken line. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You listen. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been wanting to start a podcast. And we're just like, do it, dude. Oh, it's, it's your yeah, fault. I'm working. I'm working at it. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm like, yeah, man, we can't wait. If you want to, you know, collab, do something. And we never had him on the broken line, which kind of sucks. Oh, cool. But, uh, but that's how I first met, first met Doug. It's weird because Doug and I started real close to around the same time. Mm-hmm. Even though, yeah. like, when we stumbled upon each other, I think we had been doing it for a little bit. But yeah, no, and it then worked out good. Doug was actually pretty instrumental on helping get the Lone Angler to the internet because I'd never done any of that stuff. Aaron always did it, and I never really asked him how to do it and all that kind of stuff. So I ended up calling Doug. Hey, man. I've got the first lone angler done. Uh, it's it's all edited up now. What do I do next? How do I? Well, just go to Podbean and and do this and do that, and and you should be good to go. And and he was really instrumental on on teaching me that part of it. Sure. Because I like I said I had no clue. So a huge thank you, to Doug, man. Because otherwise I would eventually figured it out. But yeah, he was pretty instrumental. Sure, in the learning curve, anyways. Oh, big time, big yeah. time. There was, I, I think that he's kind of like night, he's kind of my go-to technical guru too. So yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty he's, slick with that kind of stuff. Have a knack for it, yeah. He's as as much as he may not want to admit it, but he's pretty techy. Yeah, for sure. You know, like we have our little group chat there, and hey boys, check this out. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? It's got a bunch of colored buttons on it. <laughs> oh, this is a camera switcher, voiceover, downloader blah 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 it's like cool it's awesome it's something i'll never need i heard <laughs> um but yeah and then just you know as i was starting to put out episodes just you know i'd call Doug. you know hey man how was that you know all oh, this you know you should do try this try that and you know that kind of stuff and yeah so i've learned a, the beginning there i learned a lot from from doug and i still kind of utilize a lot of those lessons it's pretty cool you know? yeah so you are, you brought it up, like you like to fish for bullheads. There's not too many people that either A, no. have that interest, or B, would admit it in a public setting. So... Everyone that I see posted, like, <laughs> look at this bullhead. Uh, yeah, they caught a walleye fishing or something. It's some sort of bycatch. Yeah, that's um, my, like, I caught a giant this past summer. I didn't measure it, but it was big. Mm-hmm. It was a big, I think I, I shared it with you, didn't I? I, I remember you're yeah, like, you did. dude, that might be a state record or something. If it's a yellow, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, um, it was it was, a, it was a big one. Hit a Ned rig. Awesome. Pounded it. Jigworm. Yeah. No Ned rig. There's a difference. I'm bleeding the fifth. Anyway, proceed. Dude, we, you want to fight? You want to fight about no. it? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm a bullhead fisherman, man. What the hell do I know? <laughs> hell do I know? And you've I recently. You, you you just like to do different shit is what I've come to learn about you. Like you just like kind of abstract angles on things. Um, I do. Yeah. So it, the bullet thing is cool. Like I could get into that. Like actually targeting them, I think would be kind of cool. Like I wouldn't do it all of the time, um, but an outing here and there would be would be kind of cool. Especially if you're yeah, like. Like most people that target a specific species, if you're trying to really find the biggest ones, 
then it becomes a different thing, you know? Right. Um, and I have been bullhead fish now for probably a couple of years. Um, just to the mere fact, I don't know, just haven't, haven't done. Um, but it all, it all started like when I was a kid, I didn't have a boat and I loved fishing. I got tired of fishing bluegills and bass at the, this one bridge and this other bay. And I just wanted to do something different. And I think it was some bunch of old timers in this mysterious place they call Side Lake. We're like, you ever tried bullhead fishing? Fictional place. And if you catch some, I'll take some. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. What do I got to do? And they told me. And I went down and it was a big deal for me because I got permission to pretty much stay out all night. And uh, so my dad gave me a flashlight. I got some worms and went down and I was fishing by myself and I don't know I came home at like two o'clock in the morning with a bucket full of bullheads and it was super cool because I I I just heard the word I didn't even know what they were and then I started catching these things and I was like wow these are really neat fish and it was a really exciting time as a kid you know fast forward a billion years I was sitting around here and I was in college and I was like, you know what? I've heard of giant bullheads in this certain lake and I haven't bullhead fished since I was like 10. I'm going to go bullhead fishing. And I had an absolute blast. So it was like a, you know, travel back in time scenario. And it was just super fun to take your eyes off the graph and not worry about your speed and not worry about, I got to hit the, this weed line and that weed line. And where are the, where are the bluegills? Where are the crappies? Where's the, you know, it was just, I'm going to anchor up on this, the end of this point. There's a big flat, and it's nice and shallow, and I'm just going to throw a crawler down, kick back, and wait for the rod tip to bounce. And sometimes that's, for me, that it's still fishing, and it's, but it's super relaxing. Because in my head, like, fishing, for me, sometimes I just want to be really relaxed and just chill the hell out. Don't want to have to study a bunch of shit while I'm trying to fish. I just want to <laughs> kick back and relax, and that's why I can relate to catfishing. Now, there's Brad Durick style catfishing, super intense. I don't know anybody in this country that knows a river system more than that individual. My style of catfishing, he would be like, "I did that when I was 12." I'm like, "Yeah, well, I'm 47. I'm going to do that now. I'm just going right. to sit here in a lawn chair with cut bait and just hope for the best. And I'm going to have a great time because that's what I need right now. You know, if I really get into it, then I'll start. You know, I'll be your padawan and I'll follow in your footsteps and I'll know every detail there is about this river at any given time of the day. You definitely have more of that patience than I do that kind of laid back fisherman mentality than I do listening to shows a few times speaking of crafty you and him would go bluegill fishing he's out there with a the live scope and he's chasing him down he's drilling a bunch of holes and you're just sitting on a bucket waiting for him to come back around to you you're like you're like crafty just chill out they'll come around <laughs> but right. me I'm like no dude there's no no there's no sitting and waiting for them to come well, to you what, what what is that but you're and that makes sense for you you know, and that keeps you sharp because you fish the, the tournaments. And that to me, and that's where I've I've gotten into some some debates with people. Like the way I see it is there's two groups. And and this goes for open water too. Like there's tournament guys and then there's guys that have Saturday afternoon off. 
Okay. But the reason some, I got into tournaments is because that's the way I fished already. I was already okay. popping 200 holes in a day. I was already not sitting still. Right. <laughs> that's I'm why just, I was kind of like, about, hey, I'm, maybe we should I'm, do this. We're already doing it. Let's try to, you know, right. compete. I'm, I'm talking about the general populace. You know, uh, I've run into a lot of guys that, and in, in this, this, this stems from working booths at ice fishing shows, you know. I was there when electric augers made their debut the, with the ion. How many holes does it get? Well, the, all, Four. The, you know, it all depends and all <laughs> this and that. And they think I have this magic number in my back pocket that I just can't tell you. Right. And I'll get 76 and a half regardless. No, there is no magic number. There's a lot of factors. And, you know, just uh, talking to them and they're like, you know, I need, you know, he's standing there and I'm, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but the you know, greasy car hard jacket on, you know, and this and that. And, well, I need to drill, you know, at least 200 holes and keep pressing, keep pressing. And, and finally I had to say, dude, if you have to drill 200 holes to find crappies, I suggest you read some in fishermen's take a few weekends <laughs> off because to me, that's not fun. Oh, I love it. That's not fun. You know? Uh, our grandfathers were successful anglers in were their they, minds were they, with though? hand with hand auger. Well, in that whole successful, that's so subjective, dude. No, for sure. We had this conversation on yeah. your podcast, actually. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I and you know when I was younger, absolutely, man. I I would go around and, and try different spots and stuff like that. But I never really like. Man, I put in a good hard day's work. I drilled three hundred holes. Like I would, to me, what's more impressive in my mind? I drilled six holes and got a limit. Dude, you know where the fish are. You know how to find fish, or did you get super lucky? Either one. Like I said, it's subjective. Yeah. But I was never impressed by the amount of holes you had to drill to find fish. Like, I, th I feel like our memory when we're looking back at the old timers too is skewed. Like I don't think we remember the bad times. I think we only remember the good times. Because I remember thinking my dad was this great fisherman, and then we'd go up this river and we just hammered him all the time. And and then when I got to be an adult and could go where I wanted when I wanted, I would go up there and I would fish the way we out we grew up fishing, and not catch anything. And the whole time I'm kind of doing it, I'm like. This is how we fished. This seems, this <laughs> seems kind of stupid. Like, how did we ever catch anything doing this? So then I finally gave up on the old way and started fishing it, you know, mm -hmm. with actual knowledge and started catching fish. And I go back and I think, I'm like, the only reason we ever caught fish was blind luck. You know, because we used to just, it was a little river, but we used to just troll basically down the middle of it. And that, the light bulb really went off of my head the time I brought a uh, an underwater camera up there. And it's it's a really dark, bog-stained river, mm -hmm. so it looks like coffee. So mm -hmm. I had it, and I'm like, I'm probably not going to be able to see shit with this thing. You know, It's going to drop it down, and I'm not going to be able to see two inches in front of the camera. But I'm, a, you know, I'm just curious. I dropped that camera down there. Dude, you could see forever. Mm-hmm. The water may be stained, but it's clean. It only looks like because you're up top looking down on a dark bottom through dark water, and it just looks mm -hmm. black. But when you're underneath it looking up at the light, everything is illuminated. 
So I start just drifting through these areas where we used to troll, and my dad only ever fished one way. And that's like a Lindy Little Joe spinner. And sometimes you would change blade color and or bait. Minnow leech worm. These are your variants. <laughs> so we would so I started drifting through our trolling stretches and I'm telling you, Patrick, <laughs> there ain't shit down there. Like there's no reason for a fish to ever be where we were dragging our lures. Mm-hmm. When we would catch a bluegill or a pike or a bass or sometimes even walleye, these things had to break from cover 25, 30 yards away from the weeds along the side of the river to come get our bait. It yeah, is... they're probably just crossing the river and needed a snack halfway through. <laughs> yeah, it is astonishing that we ever caught anything ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yet my memory, my memory serves, my memory kid, serves though, as us catching fun. crap tons of fish. Well, I know, but, but once you know, fun. you're like, you know, ignorance is bliss. You know, when you didn't know, right. you're like, eh. You know, and if you didn't catch fish, you're bored and you're poking at minnow eyeballs and everything else and keeping yourself entertained. So you didn't realize it was a shitty day of fishing until you're an adult and, you know. Yeah, and that's, and that, you know, yeah, as an adult, you know, you've been jaded for many, many years. <laughs> well, there might be some truth to that, but, you know, yeah. whatever. No, I, I see what you're saying, you know. I, um, I definitely wasn't the angler that I am now not that I'm anything special but reflecting back to when I was a kid you know I I was in bass fishing club I think I was like 16 um and we were doing these little derbies and stuff like that and I literally either threw I threw three things I threw a tube jig a jig worm not a ned rig jig worm go for mushroom head tackle and four inch productos or a spinner bait well, I mean, all, I do three that those, again? all three of those things will catch fish. They will catch fish. And I did catch some fish, but I didn't gain it. I, I didn't pay attention enough to understand, you know, oh, I should be throwing crankbaits at this time, and you know, that and so on and so forth. But I still had fun. Right. Um, you know, and, and sometimes, well, especially with bass fishing now, you know, I, I, I revisit that. I, I ordered like Producto. They 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 still make worms, and you can still buy a hundred count bag of them for like twenty bucks, and they're awesome. It was fun to kind of relive that. Um, but I don't know. I've just kind of moved on, and and it's just always been. I guess I don't want to be bored, and I'm I'm very op, uh, opportunistic, so I kind of you know appreciate everything that swims underneath there because it can turn a, a rather dull day into something memorable whether it's a 30 inch walleye or a eight inch chub well you definitely don't yeah you you definitely have to keep things new you seem to have a new obsession every year pretty much although you've stuck mm-hmm. you're you're uh you're a flow tube you seem to be sticking to that pretty good well yeah i went back to it right yeah uh yeah there's just uh yeah i love it man it's just there's just something about it and one of the things with your flow tube which is very it's cool like i i remember being a youth really wanting a float tube because in high school we were fishing all these little ponds like metro ponds and stuff that had actually really big fish in them but we were shore bound, you know, and there's obviously no landing or anything on them. And we would use like the cheap ass Kmart 
inflatable rafts that are good for about 30 minutes until they start leaking. <laughs> Might as well be disposable. Dude, seriously. I mean, yeah. we almost drowned multiple times those stupid things. They just start to deflate on us while we're out there. And my buddy Jim would just panic. And <laughs> there's one time, like, we're, we, we realized the ship's going down. There's no stopping it. Like, it's going, like, it decided it's done. Air is coming out very quickly. We're paddling, trying to get to shore as fast as we can. And we get close enough, we just start lobbing our tackle and our tackle boxes onto shore because we know we're going to be swimming for it. And I just remember him freaking the fuck out because something, he yelled something about snapping turtles. And yeah, he just about drowned me. Like clamoring over, he was so Jesus. afraid of the water. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Uh, we did uh, not die. We're 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 both still here. There were nobody lost toes to any snapping turtles. Oh yeah, we, we yeah. Didn't lose any tackle. I think somebody's tackle box opened upon impact on shore, so that was a little bit of a mess. But other than that, we it? we came through it virtually unscathed. <laughs> but I yeah. always wanted the float tube because I was like. God, if we had a float tube, we could, you know, we could go anywhere. And I mm-hmm. just never got around to getting one. And that's kind of how it all started, you know, for me in, in college and stuff. Didn't have a boat and all that kind of stuff. And I really wasn't in the quote-unquote industry on the promotional side of things at all. But then when now when I revisited it and I'm back doing it, <clears throat> I, I just want to kind of let people know that, that that is a fun option and it's inexpensive. Um, and it's really fun and you, and there's no, if you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it this summer. And then you, you know, you finally do get a big boat or something like that. It, it's no big loss. You know, right. it's 180 right. bucks. It's not a big deal. Um, you know, and then take a guy like crafty who this spring bought a $48,000 Lund. I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm lone angler. <laughs> <Big time laughs> returns. Cause, yeah. It returns. Cause I got a float tube and, and uh he you know we're both you know checking out the boat and fishing out of it and it's great and everything and he's we're in his boat i don't even think the thing was like three weeks old he's like dude we gotta go float tubing i'm like for real and he's bought a forty-eight thousand dollar boat and you're like dude we gotta go float tube fishing so you know it really stuck with him too and he's like yeah i'm not ever gonna get rid of this it I looks like not, fun i mean i've like yeah. i kayak fish from time to time i haven't done it this year but i love that because it's just a different perspective you're like right on water water's level pretty much you know you mm-hmm. you hook a bass and that thing's jumping you know two feet from your face and it's getting you wet and it's just it's a totally different deal yeah well last uh last the last time we were out it was like dead calm it was super early in the morning and crafty spotted two things on shore and we kind of kicked down that way and they were bear cubs at the edge of the lake oh cool and they just kind of looked up and, all right, well, that's weird. And they scooted off in the woods and made a bunch of noise. Yeah, but, for uh, as skittish as, like, deer are, like, when you're in water, they don't really know what to do with that. I remember trout fishing. I was waiting. I was on the Kinnikinick in Wisconsin. And I'm just, you know, I'm standing out there waiting. I'm fishing. It's not like I'm standing still or anything. You know, I'm waving my arms around. And all of a sudden this big doe comes out of the woods to get a drink of water and i'm 15 yards from her and she's just like staring at me but like not alarmed she's just like oh something in the river goes back to drinking 
browses a little bit on the shore and just goes back into the woods like i was like that was weird it's like almost like i didn't exist you know i was like that is <laughs> kind of crazy yeah. it's like even times yeah. when i've been in a boat like whether it's on a lake or going down a river and deer when they see a person in a on water they just don't seem to be as freaked out for some reason no they have a certain look on their face like they're a little confused the they're like ah, <laughs> what is going on what here is that thing but it's they don't like weird shaped beaver <laughs> yeah something but they don't have their normal like fear reflex you know where they just like tail up stomp snort and run away you know like they're just like hmm, that's weird yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah beaver is about the only thing that they don't concern me the only concern i i guess they they concern me but it's a different level of concern it's they scare the living shit out of you <laughs> yeah they do because <laughs> they they like to like let you know hey man you're in my hood and you cannot hear them swim and yeah all of a sudden it's like somebody threw a volkswagen in the lake behind <laughs> like 10 yeah, yards yeah, behind you yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I've had I've had I've been startled in them just out of a boat, you know. I'll be working the shoreline and, and out of the ranger, and all of a sudden one just thwack, and you're like, "Whoa, what the shit!" Like, really, dude? Like, I've been working the shoreline for a half hour now. It's not like I snuck up on you. Yeah, and it's usually not just one. No, there's like usually several. two of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and you're just like, "All right, I get it. I'll be out of here in five minutes, man. Just chill out. <laughs> just chill out." And you know, hats off to them guys, because you know, I mean you're a beaver you're looking up at this thing that's 18 feet long it's pretty sizable to say yo dude you better watch yourself well i think they still got a little of that remnant remnant attitude from uh the you know ice age probably when they were the size of bears they probably just don't you know they got that like chihuahua syndrome they don't realize they're tiny they still think they're a wolf you know they're just like you better get to step and i'll mess you up like really (laughs) will you you and all 20 pounds of you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's take this to shore and we'll see. Actually, right. truth be told, this is a this is a real story, man. Me and we were in, I don't know, we were just out of high school or something. And buddy and I were coming back from fishing, and there was a beaver waddling down on the power line. And he's like, "Stop, pull over, man! Pull over!" I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Oh, don't mess with it." I'm like, "Why? Why?" He's he's literally like half a mile from any sort of water. Like this dude's already having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to go poke him with a stick yeah shut up dude I, so i pull over and uh, i stay by the truck good call you know we're on my truck and my boat and he takes off down the ditch and into this power line he grabs his stick and he's sneaking up to it and the, the beaver doesn't even look back he's just like eyes straight ahead and i know where he's going like i said about a half mile up the road there's a pond and i'm like hey man watch yourself don't get too close and he and he doesn't say nothing. And he gets about 10 feet from this thing. And that beaver did a 180 <laughs> lunged oh, like Jesus. three times, like this hop lunge thing. I never seen a grown man <laughs> backpedal and squeal like that ever. <laughs> it was the fastest land animal I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing, and he comes flying out of the ditch. He's like, fuck that thing. And I'm like, dude, I told you, he is a half a mile from that pond. Obviously, something went wrong during the day, and he is pissed off about it. 
<laughs> so I told you not to mess with them. I said, if you're lucky you to take a chunk. You think they're out not just gonna defend themselves? Like obviously they're gonna like they're gonna have some sort of defense. Like oh, that's just hilarious. Even, Listen, and, and, everything likes to eat them. Right, All and, jokes aside, with the eating of beaver jokes, but right, like right, wolves, right. coyotes, birds of prey, bears especially, um, cougars. Um, I'm sure if there's the anything around, wildlife, dude. Like, dude, they're. I've eaten them and they're amazing. Like as far yeah. as game goes, like they're one of the best, if not the best. Like I said, they're the Big Mac of yeah. wild game, dude. Yeah, super fatty. So for you know living in wilds and i'm sure the indigenous people were pretty stoked and they could get a beaver too because you know not a lot of game comes with that fat you know that's that's right. kind of the hard part a lot of game is really lean so now here you got this giant fat resource right. very very and, prized so and i would i would be i'd be willing to say too that you know not a lot of effort to get one you know like versus hunting a bear yeah, more effort than you would think. Well, bear is exactly as, bear isn't exactly easy to hunt either. I mean, if it right, wasn't if it wasn't if for baiting, them, you'd never right. see one. Right. In Minnesota, but, you know, you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. You know, you know, it's easier to find a beaver than it is to find a bear. Well, you know where they live. I mean, right. you see a giant hut, you you stake it out long enough there. Yeah, you're gonna see one. Right. 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 Getting it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. That's gonna well, be and tough. then, like, in my adventures also, you know, and, and I recently did a little deal down at the Ridge Top Outdoors, and, and I brought my flow tube down there, and, you know, a lot of people stop by, and we're talking about it, and they'd never seen it before, which is usually the case, and this and that. Never once was anything other than muskies there everybody's afraid of muskies like the muskie's <laughs> gonna come up and like so great white shark my leg and now i have enough <laughs> and i said so stupid. no if i worry about anything anything it's a snapping turtle simply because when you put your leg down in the water whether you have the most glorious golden tan ever it still looks like a piece of decaying meat and it's just hanging there. How many times have snapping turtles come up and took a chomp or, you know, bit on your stringer off the side of the boat back in the day? Yeah. It happens. That's the only thing that kind of concerns me. Well, I haven't heard two things. A, the, the musky thing is just a ridiculous fear because it's the stats stupid. just aren't there uh, to no. back it up. And I would say the same goes with snapping turtles. Like, you don't hear about snapping turtles attacks. True. Now, with that said. No. With that said, I remember um, doing some wade fishing in the spring for panfish one year, and I'm out there and I'm casting around for crappies and bluegills in the shallows, not thinking anything of it, and I catch the movement out of the corner of my eye, and I look, I don't really see anything, and I go, well, whatever. I go back to fishing, all of a sudden I catch movement again, and I look, and then I catch the, the I would say little fucker, but he wasn't, he wasn't little at all, he was actually big big snapping turtle and he's like he's looking at my leg and every time my leg moves he makes a few steps towards it mm-hmm. i move it again he moves and he's stalking my leg but then he got close enough and all of a sudden he looks up sees that that leg is attached to a much larger thing and then he does like the opposite of what that beaver did he went at 180 and got the hell out of there as fast as he could mm-hmm. so it's like 
I don't think if even if I wouldn't have spotted him, I don't think I was going to get attacked. I think at some point in time he would have realized that I was literally, you know, too big for him to yeah. chew. Then he was like, "Oh shit, that's not a." Mm. It's that's really not a statistic that I'm really looking forward to figuring out. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna find uh, some stories for you just to freak you out. If I have to make, you know, up, like, I will. like the musky or big pike, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, gonna <clears throat> come in 100 miles an hour. You know, whatever. Well, first of all, but, anybody's ever fished for muskies know knows how like unlikely it is you're gonna get attacked by one. They might follow right. you for a while unless you do some figure <laughs> eight with your feet. You know, then maybe right. you'll get hit. <laughs> well, when I took Ellen out on Lake Bemidji in her flow tube, she had pure white little fins, little fins. They were probably 12, 14 inches long, maybe six, eight inches wide. They're not very big. They're pure white. Now, I did, and I didn't say nothing to her, and I know that the, the you know, I, we'd probably get struck by lightning before it ever happened. But the probability of a muskie grabbing her fin, thinking it was a white right. fish or something, yeah. yeah, I get that. But like attacking the leg, I'm talking like right. white, white shark type stuff. No, yeah, no. Um, but you know, in the in the snapping turtle, I just kind of in my head, it's like this big dumb diesel truck and it's just going to go forward and it's just going <laughs> to grab it where a muskie is going to kind of this speedy little, like if I get it, I get it. If you know, if I don't get it, I'm just going to move on where a snapping turtle's like, no, I really want that. I'm just going to keep <laughs> well, coming. Rest assured. I think once it realizes your, whatever appendage it was going after, once it realizes that it's a part of a larger thing, it's probably going to back off. Now with that said, I remember seeing a blue heron, that was struggling on the shore of this river one time. So we, you know, we assumed it was leg was like caught in fishing line or something. So we motor over to it. This poor bird, like it's freaking out here. It can't move. Here comes these people, you know, and then we get close enough. I look and he's got a snapping turtle attached to one of his legs. I was like, Oh shit. No wonder he's panicking. <laughs> he's got this snapping turtle on his legs. Here comes these humans. So I grab the fillet knife out. So now I'm wielding and brandishing a weapon, this poor bird. <laughs> and I was like, just going to like try to poke the turtle in the head to get him to let go. But again, going back to the part of a bigger thing, like once we got close enough, close enough that uh, that turtle just let go. He's like, oh shit. Huh. You know, stranger danger or whatever. And then the. Thankfully, I didn't have to stab anybody, and and that. Uh, How dare the, you even have the, the inkling to disrupt nature? Well, I mean, part of me did feel a little guilty. Like I sometimes do. I have a soft spot, soft spot for the predator. Sometimes, you know, that's kind of a common thing. Like a, a lion goes you on mean a hunt. The soft spot for the prey? No, for the predator. Because okay. most, like, I think the common thing is like, oh, look at the cute deer, and oh no, here comes the, the lion, and then we always cheer. When the gazelle gets away, well, that could be that could have been that lion's last attempt at if I don't eat this meal, I'm done for. I won't see morning. You know, and I'm like, where's the compassion t- for that guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I often I often take compassion for the predator because they just they don't ever seem to get love. Everybody roots for the underdog. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that doesn't seem fair. You know, a hawk swoops down on a squirrel and the squirrel somehow evades him, and they're like, oh yay. Squirrel- Got away. I'm like, yay! Fucking hawk's still yeah. hungry. 
<laughs> I'm going to worry if you keep talking about this. We're going to slide into that unhooked territory. Cause well, we, we I, I was almost started off up Disney, and and we're going to like not go there. Oh, because we I... we both have that same mutual. Thing. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. And that's where I was talking about like, hey man, that turtle. He could have been like, you know what, dude? I am tired of eating dead fish. I want something fresh. <laughs> oh, look at this asshole with a knife. I've always wanted heron. <laughs> back to the back to the dead fish. Oh, great, wonderful. Thanks, bud. Glad you like blue herons. That's fantastic. Well, you get your to back. be fair, I think if I knew if, if somehow I knew that it was a a, a turtle from the get go, I probably maybe I would have still helped it. But I have a I have would like to think I wouldn't have. Would have been like, oh, cool. Let's see how this plays out. But because <laughs> I, I went the when I went over there. And I had already kind of had in my mind to save this thing because I thought it was wrapped up in line. I thought it was human-caused, right? So I'm like, I'm going to do the right thing. Well, mm-hmm. then once I was up there, it was like I had already kind of – I was already in the mode of saving the bird kind of a thing. So, but no, take it. Oh, that's cool, it man. Yeah, that's anyways. Cool. Yeah. Where do you see the lone angler? What did you have some goals, short-term, long-term? You know, like, like we talked earlier, you have – kind of had some different iterations of it so it's it's evolving where do you kind of see it evolving to Mm, that's a great question i have no goals some would say oh my god that's that's appalling or that's not right uh no i kind of treat the lone angler as as a as a human kid like i'm just gonna nurture it along and see what it does um you know, year one and year two, I was like, oh, I, I want to find this format and this structure and, and have consistent segments and all that. And, you know, when, it, when it, the way I looked at it is if I force it, it's just not going to be, it's not going to come off as like a natural thing. And so I'm just, again, I'm super patient and I'm just going to try little things here and there. And if, if it starts repeating, great, cool. I've just developed a little a little segment or whatever you want to call it on the show. Um, like new age goals. parenting. Billy, it's just such a free spirit. I just don't like to control him. I feel like, kind of, yeah. I feel like it dampens his creativity. Dude, that isn't that far off. I'm that type <laughs> of person. Not, not, not raising my daughter so much, but more of, yeah, I, I'm I'm more creative when I'm not in control. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I mean, there's zero structure to my show whatsoever. Hence my uh, appearance on here. <laughs> right. Uh, but, no, I, I don't know. I've never really thought of a long-term goal just because, what you know, what is a long-term goal? Like, what would be the goal? Oh, to get a, you know... $108 million contract from Spotify? No, that's not a goal for no, me. I wouldn't turn it down, but I can't say it's I, a goal. No, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't turn my back on it either. Um, but it's not something that I am going to put every waking moment towards. Kind of opposite of Gary V. Um, I'm just going to just kind of like free range pastor, you know, in the pastor type deal, like here you go, dude. Here's your your playground. It's called the internet, and I want you to just bounce around and 
meet people and have make relationships and friendships with and so on and so forth and we'll just uh, do that together i don't know aside from the podcast what kind of fishing goals do you have Oh, dude, I'm still chipping away at the master angler list, which I actually have two, maybe, I think two for sure, that I caught while the pandemic was going on and the fishing hall of fame was shut down. Oh, right. I submitted them via email and they finally got back to me. I just have to fill the thing out and submit the pictures and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I was able to get a moon eye and a bluegill. I've never caught a moon eye. I need to, I need to get one of those. It was a bycatch up on the rainy river. Well, I think aren't, Leave they, it up all, to me. aren't they always, uh, no, I actually have, um, there is a river just North of, uh, side Lake. This place is enchanted. Dale. Well, it's gotta be, I mean, it's not yeah. like it literally <laughs> sounds like, where Snuffleupagus yeah. lives. Well, like I'm it's just it's the lake. You. Like when people are like, oh, where are the crappies biting? Oh, side lake. You know, it's like Lake Wishinu. You know, it's like one of those things. You know, and and I'll take you there someday. And it's a lot like when Harry Potter went to Hogwarts. You know, you're just like <laughs> platinum, platform nine and three quarters. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Boom, you're inside lake. You're like, holy shit, it's real. Uh, it's the streets are gold. Part of me doesn't want to go there. Part I don't want. Part of me doesn't want to ruin the. The uh, uh, fantasy no, isn't the right world. Like the the enchantment, the uh, the mystery of it. Yeah, the, the like I said, the, the the streets are paved in gold, and there's you know no, I mean, beer, no, beer no kid trees was, and beer trees. I'm in. Yeah. No, yeah. no kid was ever happy when they found out Santa Claus wasn't real. You know what I mean? It's like uh, I kind of like side like being a fictitious you know place. I don't want it to be real. I'm gonna make a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> like a Sasquatch type documentary, <laughs> the mysterious side lake. Um, what were we talking about prior know. to this little? Your goals for fishing. You oh yeah, Moon Eye. Um, Moon Eye yeah, uh, a buddy of mine who converted over to fly fishing many many years ago. Uh, one of the the summers that I was dabbling, we went up to this river because he targets Moon Eyes in the river on the fly rod, and. Uh, yeah, he caught one. I never did. I learned a lot. Like when they come up and miss the fly, you do not just forget about it. Move down the river 20 yards and try a different spot because they, it's a one shot deal. And I was like, oh, bullshit. He moved down river and then hours later he came back and he's like, wow, are you that dumb? I was like, no, I'm just that persistent. Did it ever resurface? Absolutely not. I told you, should have went with me down the river. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, so you know you can target them, but yeah, it was a bycatch up there on the on the rainy. I think it was like 12, 12 or twelve and a quarter incher. Um, and yeah, it was pretty cool. Crafty, of course, I was with Crafty, and he's like, "Only you, dude. Are they only any you. good? Are they any good to eat? It's a big minnow. Well, I mean, so is a whitefish or a tulby. I'm looking at a picture of one, and it basically yeah. what they kind of look like. Yeah, no, nah, dude. I I'd rather I'd rather order Jimmy John's. A North Dakota boy caught a state record and potential world record golden eye in Lake Audubon. Those are cool. I don't know what year this was, but moon eyes and golden eyes. Oh, gold eye is not the same as a moon eye. No, 
No. All right, going back. The, the gold eye, technically, even... that's why they call it that, is they have a yellow and black eye. Okay, I didn't even catch that. That was a different... Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find... Um, but yeah, and then the bluegill I got was 11 and 3 eighths. Just, I want to know what the... I want to know what the record is. In, uh, for Minnesota? For Moon Eye, yeah. Uh, or even World. Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. I don't I know if... I fly fish for them and, in fact, hold the IGFA all tackle world record. They will hit dry fly. Da, 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 da. This is in a forum. Okay. Well, he didn't say how big it was. Hmm. So, Minnesota state record is one pound, 15 ounces. Okay. It's a big one. I don't know how many inches that is. Probably if 16, you get in the 18-inch zone, you will bust every record. In fact, 16-inch fish will pretty much do it. There you go. Huh, huh, huh. Um, so you can put me on a moon eye? You can help me cross that one off the list? Sure. I also need to do golden eye, apparently. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to catch one. Of, I want to catch one of everything. Like that's just yeah. where I'm at. Well, the podcast that will be coming out tomorrow, shameless plug. Uh, I spoke with a, an angler from Wisconsin, and she, one of her goals is to catch all 160 plus species of fish in Wisconsin. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and like we're talking like the minnow species as well. Oh yeah, and we kind of side. Yeah. sidetracked into like micro fishing and and i i have looked at micro fishing like that look i've really? watched some cool shit from japan and i'm like dude i could totally get into that i could see you getting into that i i could see me getting into that except for like that's that's a whole rabbit hole i don't want to go down I, as far as like why are you scared man uh because there's it's not like it'd be one thing if there was like two minnow species you know I'm like oh we'll go down this rabbit hole a little ways It'll suck up a summer, and once I get these two things checked off, I can go back to normal life. No, dude. There's like 30. Hundreds. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what the number Like, there's so many different minnow species. And actually, when you start looking into it, they're pretty badass looking. Yeah. Like, some of these some of these could easily be in a, in aquariums. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're that ornate. Yeah, like the the, the log perch. Mm-hmm. It's, that's cool, dude, right there. Some of your daces are pretty neat. Um yeah, I I might I might mess with a, a fairly famous taxidermist if I start this micro fishing. Stuff. Bunch of Johnny darters and all sorts, you know, bunch of different kind of darters and dude. It's I might crazy. have I might have Jimmy Lawrence on speed dial. Yo, dude, <laughs> yo, you got me a four and a half inch log perch. You interested? Can you make me a replica? <laughs> yeah, I let it go. <laughs> Catch photo release. No, I, you're gonna have to get into macro photography too. No, I'd just send it to him. He'd be like, make a mold off this. <laughs> He's like, really? Like, really, dude? If anything, man, you can paint it like whatever and use it as bait fish in a mouth. Yeah, why not? They only charge per inch, so it should be super right. cheap. Twenty bucks. Right. Let's go. Mm, taking more, taking more time to make that make, mold and paint that oh. thing up that <laughs> would not be worth yeah. his normal per inch rate yeah. would not pay off i don't think the but, amount of um, hours it would take yeah um then i want i want to see you try to fillet one too <laughs> not everything has to be eaten my guy <laughs> come on says a guy that keeps 10 inch bluegills they weren't 10 inches they were nine nine and a half and under 
still too big it's okay man it's okay <laughs> it's okay i just i mean just... if you want verification call crafty and say yeah there is a plethora of nine to nine and a half to nine and three quarter inch bluegills like you get 50 of them yeah you need to take me there mm-hmm. it's inside lake oh, i want to go ice fishing i want to ice fish there no you don't it sounds trust awesome. me yeah, you say they they like mysteriously disappear or something. It's a completely different lake, and Crafty got to learn that firsthand because I took him out one fall for the first time, and he was like, "Dude, this is absolutely incredible." I literally have held twelve bluegills, ten and a half. I was like, "Yeah," because we're coming back in the winter. I'm like, "All right, well, it's a completely different monster." Nope, they'll be right here, just like where we're at right now. Do they feed Four at night or what? Now, Are they, they one of these right here? Yeah, mysterious mm-hmm. night fishing, night biting bluegills. It's a night bite. It's a that's lots cra- of lookers, crazy. very little takers. They just kind of like kind of shut down. But that's crazy. Is it super but, clear water? Yeah. Huh. Super clear. Um, but uh, yeah. So you know, just a master angler list. Uh, when are we going to fly fishing? When are we going to go chase our world record rock bass in Lake Erie? Oh, my God. Let's talk about it, dude. Because I was actually thinking about that the other day. And I'm like, I wonder how pissed Dale would be if I didn't tell him that we're, we get out there and and I just I hand him I hand him the rod, my regular rod and be like, dude, you need to hold this. And he goes, oh, shit. No, he's going to try to fly a fish for him. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a fly fish curious now. Uh, I wouldn't, you wouldn't piss me off. No, I'd be really actually pretty cool. Like, go ahead. I'm going to catch way more than you. That's cool. I'm going to have to stand a way better chance of getting my name attached to that record. Probably. <laughs> probably. Probably about it. Like, guaranteed. Um, No, in all seriousness, though, I've been doing little bits and pieces of research here and there. And and it's definitely something I want to do. Um, Like, do you think the spawn is a better shot or yes. fall. Uh, mm. See, that's just that's just it. And I've I've been on record, and I've had you know I've I've talked about it on the podcast. I've, I've I've talked with people. Dude, where, how do you catch those big rock bass, and where do you find them? I'm like, dude, literally, I'm still trying to figure it out because in June I've caught I've caught them in six feet of water, and I've caught them in thirty feet of water. In the winter I've caught them in four feet of water, and I've caught them in forty feet of water. There's just no rhyme or reason yeah. where they're at. Um, you just kind of dumb into them. And I kind of I feel like, like if you're trying to but, go for the egg weight, you almost need to do like a pre-spawn pattern before they dump them. Pre, because once pre, they, yep. Because once they spawn, I mean, it's not like the the females on the nest are very long. You know, they do this. The males guard the nest just like most panfish species. So that, you know, they go up there, they dump their eggs, they're done. Mm-hmm. So now you're just catching males. Well, they're right. not going to weigh any more in the spring you know what i mean yeah around here it's usually they usually spawn like between the bluegill and crappie you know somewhere around that same sort of time frame and water temp from my understanding yep. when i've caught them mm-hmm. um but now we're talking about lake erie and you know that's a big ass body of water so i don't know how those temperatures fluctuate but i will tell you that I think 
fishing the harbors is the way to go. Now, you could probably find some roaming giants out there with walleyes and stuff, but I think percentage your your percentage would be higher fishing in the in the harbors. We'll have to talk to the smallmouth guys. I think they're gonna, right. I think they're gonna know. Like I think they well, would have a good oh, ideas from bycatch. Dude, how that's how I got information on giant bullheads around here. Walleye guys. Yeah. You want giant bullheads for real? Like, yeah, go here, 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 here. Like, you want GPS coordinates? I'll give them to you. Like, yeah, we need we need to start picking some minds of some of these big uh Erie Lake bass fishermen. Yeah. And like ahead of time, like, hey, when you're out this next season, keep an eye out for Rockies and when let me know when you catch them and where you caught them. Yeah, it's it's a tough request because either you're gonna find a really cool guy that's like, goddamn right, I'm on it, or it'd be like, no, dude, you're just trying to steal my small mall spots. <laughs> like, well, right? No, yeah. I'm what not, kind of crappy but... shit are you up to? Like, <laughs> no, dude, you don't understand. Here and, and and if you run into that guy, just give him a link to my show. Right, right. <laughs> this is the guy that that I'm going with. Oh, okay, yeah, no, not a problem, man. Yeah, well, it's not like we're going to run out to Erie every weekend and chase bass till your spots. Like, if I go to Erie, I'm going for rock bass. It sounds so stupid because, I mean, I might have to take a day to actually go fishing for smallmouth because it is an incredible smallmouth fishery. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I would solely – I'm not that much of a purist where I'd be like, there will not be a single Well, chances are our, our bycatch will probably be smallmouth. Like, chances are we're going to catch them anyways. <laughs> you know Maybe I mean? we've said too much. Maybe we should have said <laughs> we're going to go out there trophy smallmouth fishing. There you go. And then be like, well, and then, then you end up with the, oh, you guys suck at bass fishing. All you got were giant rock bass. <laughs> well, truth be told, that's what we were targeting. Nah, way, way better story to actually have it intentional. Because in in the like amazing event that one of us actually does catch the world record, Rocky, way cooler story that that was we we set out to do it and we did it than – Nine-year-old girl fishing off the dock with a red and white bobber and a nightcrawler catches new world record rock bass. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. I'm just going to say that, that kind of shit. Like, I'm happy for them, but it also sucks. It does suck because they don't know what they – they're just like – that's just blind luck. It's like, ah. Yeah, you're just like, I've spent my entire life and three <laughs> marriages looking for that fish, and you're just fucking clowning around at the end of the dock. Kiss my ass, nine-year-old. Yeah, I re- there was a similar story. It wasn't a record or anything, but I remember this. Th- there was a, a girl in my, oh, what would it be? It was in middle school. I don't remember what grade, but we got we were sitting next to each other in class and got to talking, and, and her family went up to, or goes up to the lake that we always went up to there in Pelican, and I always wanted to catch a giant northern pike you know like a 20 pounder or something which i still have yet to catch a 20 pounder well no i don't think it was 20 what would a 42 inch your way yeah that's that's gotta be pretty close 18 20 somewhere in there anyways so she she's showing me pictures of these this giant northern pike that she caught up there and i was like what what I mean, Son of a bitch. I've been going to that lake my whole life. We used to live up there. You go there one summer and you can What in the hell? Turns out, not only did she catch it, 
on while fishing for bluegills with probably your red and white bobber and a plain gold shank long shanked hook and a night crawler she snagged it in the tail oh even better <laughs> dude i was awesome. like that just made it even worse i was like oh. what like part of me was like okay good that's better because now i can like that you didn't even really catch that i'm not even counting that but I, it was also kind of more painful at the same time like you don't even know what you're doing and you've caught a bigger pike this sucks <laughs> right right had you not said that she snagged it yeah I, when i hear those stories i often go you know i wonder if sometimes we're just blinded by you know all this information you know like oh my god i gotta you know there's a i gotta find i, I gotta have the live scope i've gotta have the, the thermometers i gotta have all this knowledge i gotta have all these tools and you're just blind you know you're just oblivious to just like Dude, just troll this weed line it'll happen right you know i wonder if that's not the case sometimes dude there's this little uh walk-in lake that we fished that we found it's kind of a cool little lake because on on navionics it says it's less than a foot right well it's mm-hmm. definitely not it actually has a two deep holes in it it's a tiny tiny lake though so it has this like saddle that goes in between shallow weeds or whatever so we go up there and search for these big bluegills which were rumored to be in there we didn't find any we did find just like clouds of dinkers but in the process we kept getting cut off by pike using our little ice flies so the one day we're up there and after about losing the sixth jig i was like you know what screw this i i have tip-ups in my truck so i hiked back to the truck ran to the gas station got a bag of sucker minnows grabbed the tip-ups went back out there we set those i think we only had like two or three flags couldn't couldn't catch them on that but we continued to catch them, or at least hook them, I think we caught a few of them, or get cut off on the on the stupid little panfish flies. Mm-hmm. It's like what what is going on in this lake? Like <laughs> this it's, is the it's weirdest a weird thing. thing, and it, and it's repeated itself in multiple seasons. So it's not like it was a one off. You know, it's like what in the hell? The pike yeah. don't like to eat sucker minnows in this lake. This doesn't even make sense. Well, and and it could be just that's the majority of what they eat are small bluegills and that's a small thing and that's all they're going to eat. Well, I mean, um, you think they would want something slightly bigger than a, you know, five millimeter tungsten. Anything, <laughs> you know, you know, I say well, they may not know anything bigger. They might think of it as competition. But baby. It's a fish and it's got the brain the size of my pinky nail. Right, right, right. It's just a weird thing. Like there's just some, there's just some bodies of water it seems that kind of really have their own personality. Well, kind of like your mythical side lake there. Yeah. Your magical um, disappearing bluegills. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lake here east of town. Like, I, I've fished it a ton of times through the ice. And if you do not have three wax worms on your jig, it ain't going to happen. If you have two, or yeah, if you have three, it's going to happen. If you have two, it's not going to happen. Do not eat plastics. I don't know about that. I'm gonna have to prove that one to myself personally. Yeah, um, yeah. And some lakes are are plastic. Some are bait. I, I, it's just kind of weird, you know. Um, but it's uh, something definitely worth putting in your back pocket at times. Well, Patrick, I really thoroughly enjoy your show. Like I do. I listen well, to you, I man. listen to every episode. 
I look forward to them, and I love. And I'll just bring this up. Like you do, you do a segment called Unhooked, and I've been a part of those a couple times, which I really dig, um, because it's just sometimes you talk about fishing and sometimes not, and I just think that's kind of cool that you you take the creative liberty within your show. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I want to talk about I don't even space. I think was the first one that I yeah. sat in on where we just yep, literally went into a black B. hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it was fun because I don't often have an outlet for that kind of just let your brain go wander. So it, it's kind of a cool thing. So if, if people want to look at it, you know, they, they like outdoor podcasts, but they want one with a little bit different angle, a little bit different spin. Definitely go check out the Lone Angler podcast. It's pretty cool. I uh, I give it high marks. I like it. I really enjoy it. Well, I really appreciate it, man. And you know, I guess if, if, you know, we were talking about the lone angler and goals and stuff, I guess one of the goals that would be is I wanted to stay true to me and I wanted to kind of continue to reflect, be a mirror of the person that I am. You know, I love fishing, but I also like a bunch of other weird shit. <laughs> and, and I think that for me, that, that just brings balance. And, and I, I know I, I, I've come to you for several of these unhooks and it's because you and I kind of have that same kind of brain, you know, dabbling in a little bit of everything outside of the stuff that we're quote unquote known for. Right. Or, you know, you, you hear a weird fact and you're like, Oh wow, that's, that's crazy. I want to look into that. Okay. Hey Dale, I I heard about this this tribe they found in some remote island. They they only have three toes. Well, let's look at it. You know, most people be like, I don't give a shit. You know, we you know, yeah, I'm curious, and right. and that's what I appreciate about you is your curiosity of all things around us, and that's why I kind of lean on you for or, or ask you to join the the unhooked series, and and uh, I'm sure I'll I'll hit you up again soon when I get that that urge or I, or I come across something that I feel needs your input. Uh, I'm I'm in anytime. As as long as my schedule allows, (laughs) I'm in. So. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. That's cool. Well, Patrick, I thanks for your time. Why don't you give everybody your, your deets so they can find you on all the socials. I can be found at three, two, three minutes. Oh, wait, that's my address. (laughs) Um, uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, just type in uh, Patrick Patches Olson. There's a story behind that. Someday you'll hear it. Oh, yeah. We didn't get um, into that. Oh, well. Patrick Keeley or Minnesota Chomp on Instagram, The Lone Angler on Instagram, The Lone Angler on Facebook, Minnesota Chomp on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I do, oh, The Lone Angler has a TikTok. It, it's weak, but I, I've got ideas. <laughs> Same. I, I I have a TikTok, but I never use it. So it's like whatever. Yeah. I'm more of a voyeur of that. So well, yeah, some... same. And mine's yeah. like, I'm all over the place. Like, I have somewhere I'm singing. I have somewhere I'm doing this. I have some fishing. It's like, it's all, I don't, it doesn't have a personality. It's it's me. So it's very yeah. schizophrenic. I was just going to say, it's a great schizophrenic outlet. Yeah. It's just like, oh, right. that one piqued my fancy. I'm going to duet that one or whatever. And, and truth be told, I just haven't quite figured it out yet. So, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> And it goes back All to right. time thing. Like how often, how, how much time do I have to do this? It's like right. Whatever. Well, that's why I sent you a link to that that podcast about what flavor is Dr Pepper. Yeah, I haven't. I'm gonna get into that one. I, maybe I'll listen to that one.
tomorrow. It's like forty-five after, minutes or so. After I listen to the new morning. Oh man. High five, dude. Appreciate it. <laughs> you bet, dude. Have yourself a fantastic evening, sir. I will, and you do the same. All right, bye. Miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.